Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good night. How are you, Mari? Good. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. For those who've just joined us, this is the CXR podcast. Uh, we're happy to be here. We're doing a little pre-recorded, re-recorded. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. We're on Twitter right now, but we're going to pump this out next week and share a little bit about that. But uh, you can join us anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And obviously, you can uh, tune into all of that, get all that good stuff and the other shows at cxr.work slash podcast. And with that big mouthful, super fast said, I want to introduce Mari Hannigan of Spark. Lori, why don't I let you do an escalator pitch? Let, let's let, I don't want to steal the thunder uh, to sort okay. of, uh, I've known you for quite a while. Long time, uh, yep. I, yeah, so give give the listeners who may not know you sort of the escalator pitch. Who, who is Maureen and why should they care what you have to say? Okay, I'm Maureen Hennigan. I'm CEO of Sparkstart. We help employers connect with candidates and stop using outdated all text job descriptions as a way to, to actually get people interested in their jobs. Um, my background, I came out of Procter & Gamble and Pepsi, as did you, I know, um, where I worked in marketing. And you know, as a, a marketing manager, we would never think of using the ingredient label on the back of the bottle as our marketing tools. And yet when you sit down with the recruiting and say, we're going to market this position, you pull up a job description. And that's crazy. It doesn't engage people. Um, and so there's a better way to do this. All your employees have high def cameras in their pockets. Um, it's not bleeding edge technology. They've been there for decades. Um, you just need a good platform to put it all together, make it scalable and approvable. So that's what we do for clients. Yeah, Mari, I was hoping that you I was hoping that you forgot that we had both been at PepsiCo because I was really I wanted to be like, surprise, we're family. Nah, you don't you don't forget your Pepsi days. Trust me. That's right. This is true, right? This is so true. Well, so Mari, um, happy Women's History Month. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. So for, for some who may not know, right, the entire month of March in the US is Women's History Month. It started in uh, 1987. Uh, and it really does focus on the contributions of women uh, for U.S. culture, U.S. society, U.S. history. So we think of people like, I think, um, Rosa Parks or Susan B. Anthony or Madeleine Albright or most recently for me, Kamala Harris. Right. But obviously hundreds of others. Uh, but but let me ask you, Mari, as a professional businesswoman, as a female CEO, what does Women's History Month sort of mean to you? Well, I'll tell you, I read the New York Times every day. And I, you know, flip through and see the obituaries and used to think, I'm so lucky to be female because I'm never going to die because there were <laughs> never any women in the obits, right? Oh it, it, <laughs> you know, it's just all the men died. It's like, oh boy, that's really sad. But, you know, thank God all the women are still alive. Um, and the problem was the women just never got the recognition. You know, the, the Times obviously is only going to mention people who had, you know, sizable contributions to society, the arts or whatever. Um, and it is, it's still predominantly men. Um, which is amazing given that half of the population is women. Um, and there are lots and lots of women out there making huge contributions. So there, there are times, you know, it can be a, a double-edged sword, um, but I think giving acknowledgement to women who have achieved and succeeded and trying to break some of those stereotypes that, oh, you know, women don't really contribute anything or what they contribute is at home and that's important, but it's not the same. Um, 
they're they're amazing contributions from women and so i think any acknowledgement is good acknowledgement so i'm i'm pleased it's happening well i love that you, i get the um i have like this visceral sort of response of like oh you do good contribution at home right? and then that gets <laughs> just tied up to it it drives me a little bit crazy yeah very, yes. So, so Martin, let's talk a little bit about um, this project, this diversity suppliers piece. You, ca you came to Jerry and I uh, back in, uh, well, I guess it was last year's HR tag and brought this to our attention. Uh, and we, I mean, we love this initiative. It's really, really interesting. Uh, and, and we had talked a little bit about that and we've sort of touched base on it over, over the last couple of months. But can you, for those who don't know, can you sort of share um, can you share sort of the origin story of this project and, and what it's all about? Well, let me start with who really started the ball rolling. It was Susan Lamott of Exacrio um, and Tracy Parsons of WorkDrive. And I believe Lynn Bailey um, also, you know, were parts of this. And the idea was that um, there are actually a fair number of women suppliers in the HR and the HR tech field. Yeah. Um, but it's a different playing field for women. Um, and you can look at the, the biggest thing is generally funding. Um, the number of women owned businesses that get funded are minuscule. Um, I mean, single digit, 2% maybe. And that makes a huge difference in those businesses abilities to, you know, really build a presence in the market, build out staff, do product development at the same rate and so forth as, as companies that are funded. And so they start off with a real disadvantage because they just don't have the, the deep pockets. And we hear companies all the time talk about how oh, we value diversity, you know, diversity is important. And you want to say, OK, well, let's look at where you're spending your money. You know, are you really spending your money among diverse people? And and there's a real reason to do that. You know, everybody is saying, oh, we're really struggling with diversity. We can't attract, you know, the diverse candidate pool we want. But you look at the tools and they were basically designed by white men. Um, and and everybody brings their experience and their bias to their, their work, right? Sure. I mean, even the best intentioned. And, and I'm not saying that all the tools are biased, but we, we all do have a different take on things. And so when all of your tools are designed by a fairly homogeneous group, it maybe isn't so surprising that they tend to attract a fairly homogeneous group. So yeah. the question is, if you had a different set of tools, if you had, or even just for your own employees, your own recruiters, just how wording is done. I probably write differently than you write. You <laughs> um, probably write much better than I write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I mean, I'm a real believer that diversity has real value, that bringing different perspectives together and uh, and having the kind of environment where people felt heard and feel like the language is their own and so forth. Um, we need that among the suppliers. So if, if you don't have diversity among your tools um, and among the people who develop those tools, then it's not all that surprising. Your end results aren't more diverse. So, so, Maurice, so let's back up just a little, we'll rewind just a little bit because at CXR, we have a, a, a vendor uh, directory, right? A solutions provider directory. And in some of those where we do a little bit of a deep dive, we notate uh, if the leadership at that organization is diverse, right? Mm -hmm. But this, from my understanding, this initiative is, is not just about who the leadership is. If you mm -hmm. have so many people of color or so, or so many different, you know, genders okay. on the, on the board, like how's this one a little bit, a little bit different and why? Yeah. The diverse TA supplier is really designed for 
um, you know, diverse owned businesses and not to take anything away from the importance of having senior management diverse, absolutely. And bravo to everybody who's doing it well, but it really, the ownership really is different. And a lot of that mm -hmm. comes back to funding and availability to get funding um, and, and voices heard. You know, we, we can all look at, and there's been a lot around, you know, who gets on the, the podium or who gets on the floor at conferences and so forth. Right. Um, and it's, it's grossly unequal. Um, you know, I, I've railed for a long time that I've seen some of my male competitors who are thought leaders, but I'm a vendor. Huh? <laughs> um, I've been in this industry probably longer than most of those folks. Um, and there's just a different perspective, a perception around, you know, who is um, an authority and who is, you know, we just think differently about it. And this industry is heavily female and, you know, not as diverse as we'd want it, but certainly better than a whole lot of other industries. So when people say, oh, we can't find diverse speakers and so forth, um, I'm always a little skeptical. But th the same thing happens when it comes down. It really matters where you spend your money, right? At the end of the day, talks. It, it, you, right, you, can, you can talk the talk all you want, but if you really want a thriving, diverse community, that's got to include your supplier pool as well. And, and that takes money to happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, you call out a lot of really interesting things there. I mean, just the shift in the last, not the last two years, because we've been in this weird time warp freeze change thing going on from an event standpoint, but just the struggle uh, to see more females on stage and see more females in that spotlight. Uh, we've seen some progress there, but obviously we'd like to see much more progress. Uh, so that's, I think that would be a whole nother conversation. That'd be a lot of fun for us to have and sort of what, who's doing it right and who, who's really leaning in on that. Um, but I think, you know, so so this website's been propped up, right? This this mm -hmm. diversitysuppliers.com. We've got it up. We threw the website up on the screen. Uh, what, what is someone supposed to do with that? Should, should they be sharing that? Should they be submitting for that? Like what what's next now that we've all got the link? Right. Well, first of all, if anyone is a, a diverse a owner, of, a diverse individual who is an owner of a business, by all means, um, just reach out and ask to be added to it. Um, because then we're being inclusive um, and also including even veterans, um, you know, any underrepresented group. So it's yeah. not just women and people of color. Um, you know, we want to be as inclusive as possible so that um, we really believe the diversity piece. Um, but the second thing is we, we hear from the, the corporate buyers all the time. They really don't know who owns the businesses. It's hard for them to understand if you ask, you know, what percent of your dollars are really being spent on diverse suppliers. They look at you blankly and go, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, Maury, mm. we know you, but we didn't even know you owned the company. You know, what's owned by PE firms and what's owned by, you know, venture capitalists and so forth. Um, so we started there with at least let's identify the diverse owned suppliers. So if someone says, gee, I do want to make sure I spend my money, you know, appropriately and spread it around, who are the people I should be talking to and, and you know, looking at and at least considering or at least considering when I spend my dollars. Nobody's suggesting that you buy a product you don't need or a product that's inferior or any of that. But when you're going to spend money, take a look and make sure you're considering everybody. It's, and I go back to the, the lack of funding makes it harder for diverse owned businesses to have the kind of presence in the market that that funded companies do and so you know a buyer may not have heard of a business doesn't mean their product isn't good doesn't mean you know that customer service isn't good any of that yeah. it just means they don't have the marketing dollars um yeah. and and so the 
how do you give those companies visibility? And so the, the diversity supplier website was the first step in giving those companies at least visibility so you could find them. Yeah. Um, and, and the second piece is that um, we talked to folks that say, go back to your agencies um, because yeah. they tend to be the gatekeepers for new products that come to the buyers. Um, There's so many HR tech companies. I'm so glad I don't sit on the buyer side of the desk because I think they're <laughs> just swamped. Um, so they often rely on their agencies to you know, do a sort and bring them tools and services that will be valuable to them. So you can turn around to your, your agency or your consulting firms or you know your RPO provider, whomever, and mm -hmm. say, you know, hey, what is your, your um, policy here? in terms of the kinds of things you bring to us and what kind of commitments are you willing to make and you know here's what we'd like to see whenever we're looking at a particular tool or a particular service we'd like to make sure that you know included in the demos is one that you know represents a, an underrepresented owner yeah well and i'll tell you um jerry and i were super super excited uh when you asked if we could help uh, and so for those who don't know, we have a, a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. It's the CXR Foundation. And we're now going to put a little bit of muscle uh, behind that to help with some of the heavy lifting that you and all of the others who have begun this project have put together. So we're super excited. If you want to mm -hmm. learn more about that, you can go to cxr.foundation. There's nothing on there yet about the uh, uh, diversity suppliers piece, but the diversity supplier site uh, is up and running. Uh, looks great. And I think we've got some stuff on there for everybody to certainly check out and to share. Or anything, if anybody's got one big takeaway from this this conversation, uh, you, what would you give them? What would you say to walk away from this quick conversation with? Um, I'd say walk away from first to start an audit. Go look at where you're spending your money and who owns those organizations and look for, you know, if you're looking for something new, something that, you know, whether it will help your diversity or whether it just help your, your core process be more efficient. Say, you know, is there another take? Is there another approach to this? Who should I be listening to? Whose product should I be looking at? Mm -hmm. um, there may be something I haven't thought of. I love it. I love it. Look, Mark, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us that time. Right. We love that you've uh, dedicated a little bit of heart, not just work, but a lot of heart to the space. And we really appreciate you making time for the show. Well, thank you to CRX for taking over. You know, we've been, all of us have other businesses and we have full-time day jobs. Um, <laughs> so so uh, really appreciate, you know, the, the foundation taking over some of the, the lifting and the expense and the rest of it. So thank you. Oh, it's good stuff. We're excited to do it. And just honored that we got asked. So thank you so yeah. much. Uh, look, for everybody that's hanging in there with us, uh, just upcoming, we've got a couple of things. Our all new CXR lecture series uh, brings experts to members and covers a wide array of topics. We have brought in leaders uh, and professionals to talk about uh, empathy, storytelling, uh, a couple of other items. And I think coming up on March 24th, uh, we have invited uh, Taz Latif. She's the head of inclusion partnerships at Do It Now. She's gonna talk with us about unconscious bias. Uh, also, our next CXR book club meeting is April 1st, that's no joke, uh, where we're discussing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that documentary that you can watch online. Uh, you can see it on TV too, it's streaming. So you got to be watching it now if you're going to join us because we're going to talk about it on April 1st. And of course, that's open to anybody at all who would like to join. And of course, until next week, we're going to see everybody out there at CXR.Works. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.